Welcome back to part two of the Rolling in the Deep podcast with our guest, Alex Gutnick, on navigating divorce, and we will get it back started. Summer had a question yesterday. She was saying, like, I kind of want to know his thoughts on this. So we'll go ahead and get that one out there. But I personally, like a lot of my friends who are looking at going through the divorce process or people I know, like on the mom side, okay, so I'm not going to speak for the dad side because I haven't had any come to me and be like, what is this going to look like? But I think one of the biggest fear is custody time and like how that's going to work. And for me, it was so different because it was like a blatant, obvious thing at the time, like custody was solely awarded to myself. But in that case, do you think like Minnesota, a lot of people will say like, it's a mom state, but like my experience that I've seen just from the like really high level looking out is I I don't know that I could call it a mom state. I think it looks pretty 50, 50. I do too. Yeah. So I I get that quite often. You You do like you really hear it. Oh yeah. You can imagine who I get it from. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, there's, you know, you have the father's right movement projects, right. That are asking for 50%. They always legislate, you know, the minimum should be 50%. Our current law is 25%. For the is dad? The, for minimum, not, not, we don't say that. Non-custodial oh, parent, because it could be a mom, it, it could be, be a dad, yes, or it could be they, yeah. right? You know, yeah. it doesn't have to have, you know, a box anymore almost. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we could get into surrogacy and adoption yeah. and talk yep. about how there could be like five different parents technically. Wow. That's someone <laughs> who can do that. I don't do any of that work, but I sat through a CLE and then I go, oh, okay, you could have. Yeah, there is a lot of people related to a child. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would probably say it's the pendulum is swung, I'd say, kind of towards dads a little bit, saying, you know, if you want to show up, mm-hmm. bet. We'll mm-hmm. give it to you as long as you're not an abhorrent creature. Yeah. And that's why I tell my dads. I, I think sometimes, though, my dads don't understand, you know, they have this kind of, especially if they're married, right? Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, a stay at home mom, domestic house maker, right? And they got to do whatever they want, advance their career, work different weird hours. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, now it's not two parents, one household. It's now two parents or two households, one parent. Right. So yeah, you can't work your second, third shift. Cause if you have a kid under five, who's watching the kid, do you have family or friends around? No. Well, I'm like, well, you're going to have to make a position change for your job. And they're like, well, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, we'll try to explain to the judge who's going to supervise your kids when you're working 7 PM to 7 AM in the morning. Right. So that can be pretty difficult. Nanny? And yeah. <laughs> Get so, <a> nanny. <laughs> so, I mean, I would probably say, you know, there's some minimums. Now there's certain, you know, facts that I think are more favorable to, you know, a dad that is going to be there. Cause there's dads who aren't going to be, and they, you don't have to have the same like detail as moms, right? Like, you know, you ask Victoria, my wife, right? She's going to know like doctors, dates, places and things. Right. And I'm kind of like, all right, I'll be there, show up, just like remind me a bunch of times, right? Uh, but we as parents have different skill sets, just yeah. genetically and just by sex. Mm-hmm. Well, and like my, like me, I'm trying to be more like stoic with my child and like trying to teach some independence. Victoria's just like, you know, yep. we'll hug them, hug, <laughs> hug, hug, hug. Well, I'm a role reversal. So like, right, wouldn't you, you say are. it? Like, mm-hmm. so I'm like the oddity. Like I probably run more like a, a man. Is that what I want to say? I'm not even sure what I say about this, but like, I mean, I, it is a strange statement, but it, it truly, <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, so I think that it's weird. And we talked about this on my episode with Drew too, but I tend to be like a little bit of the less emotional, a little bit of like the non-detailed oriented, but yet like I have to be. So, 
you know, because I I do both and have done both jobs, but I run more to maybe that side. So it's kind of an interesting like twist to that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and I too. would say that we felt like exactly how you're describing. And so then when it came down to all of a sudden, what do you mean? You, you've never done a doctor's appointment and suddenly you're going to the doctor. You don't even know the doctor's name. You're like, <laughs> yeah. So for, in a high conflict situation like I had in a more traditional role per se mm-hmm. back in our marriage, like you described with you and your wife, I was fit to be tied. You know, so that was a real trigger. Like, um, excuse me. I do doctors. Yep. Right, you know that, but you know, now in hindsight, I look at it like how irrational, you know, like. (laughs) Well, and this is what divorce does such strange things to your thinking patterns, but like, (laughs) now I just, you know, it is what it is, and of course, you know, it's leveled off, and we actually have real similar roles, like to what we had prior. So yeah, I would probably say, you know, especially you know, mother clients that I do have, especially if a dad has not been involved, they are like hundred percent on, and they're I I feel for single mothers out there. I mean. There's so much going on, especially if you're working, taking care of the kid, you're dropping off the daycare and doing 100% of it. And dad's kind of non-existent. Well, if dad does really want what does want to come to the scene, genuinely speaking, I always say, listen, you need to get a break. Like, you know, they're like, well, I don't want to give him 25% parenting time. I go, well, that's the floor unless you can show me domestic violence between you and that person, domestic violence between that parent and child, maltreatment finding between parent or child. Or there's been a child that needed a protective services case, and there's been involuntary or voluntary termination of parental rights. Hmm. So those are the rebuttable presumptions against that. But that's, again, one factor to all other 11. And I've proven those factors in front of judges for domestic violence. They say, yep, mm-hmm. you know, my client, the petitioner, proved that she was domestic violence on this date. But they're going to set parameters as well, does that include doing supervised you know, safety visits and graduating that schedule? Does that include doing those at public places or at a law enforcement exchange center? Does that include using our family wizard as the means of communication? So it's not going to be a zeroed out parenting time schedule. It mm-hmm. is going to be implementing ways to protect either the other parent or the child during that parenting time or exchanges. Could you speak a little to like the background and maybe the evidence-based data that they use to drive some of these kind of protocols or laws that they make, like, let's say the 25%. Like, from a, the back side of it, you know, if you're looking at the back end of it, what goes into, like, that? Because obviously it makes sense. You know, the more time that a child can have with both parents, I think, is so valuable. Legally, like, how does that happen, these numbers? And, you know, I just think it's so interesting from the back end. You know, who's doing all the research to then say, this is how we should do it. It's best for the kid. Well, if we go back to our civics class, the legislature is doing that. Civics. Civics. So it truly is. Okay. So it's your legislature, right? You know, that's what I say. I go, hey, I'm not the legislature. I don't write the law. I can interpret the law and hopefully get you to the conclusion or objective that you want to get to. Now, if you have an issue that is 25%, I can't change the statute. Mm-hmm. You and who do you think like educates them about it? Like, do they have mental health professionals come in? Do they have, like, who speaks to the legislature to give them enough data to make those calls? So um, I'm not, we have certain lobbyist group. You know, it's like, okay. like any type of, you know, uh-huh. change law, right? You're going to have, you know, lobbyist groups that are, 
pro mom or pro mm-hmm. father or coming from, you know, the specifics of attorneys and judges in that you, you have different stakeholders that are a part of this. And there's a huge judicial bench book that also provides, and I think it's online too, okay. that provides the judges, you know, you know, the developmental stages and ages of what mm-hmm. that parenting time should look like. You know, for example, you're not going to take a, you know, a seven month old and do week on week off parenting oh time. Right. That's too much time away from mm-hmm. one parent. Right. So then potentially they, still nursing. Right. And those are the other things I sat through with CLE on nursing and understanding that pumping is different than breastfeeding oh, and the different proteins and the mouth development that come from breastfeeding versus pump mm-hmm. with bottle. Um, and some mothers are very adamant to do that. Now don't go, get me wrong. Judges are going to kind of weigh that out and say like, you know, Hey, I understand that you might want to primarily breastfeed, oh my but gosh. if you know, Can if you, you want to pump, right, that? you could send pump, you know, mm-hmm. the milk there or formula is mm-hmm. not going to, unfortunately. And again, who's the judge, right? You know, right? do you have a mother? Do you have a father? Do you have someone who, is having a bad day that day and doesn't really care or they take a fact and they think it's the most important thing and you think it doesn't have much weight. They're human. They're mm-hmm. not demigods by any means, mm-hmm. but they are gods in the court. Oh yes. my gosh. That just made my heart sink. I can't imagine just sitting there and having like a judge be like, yeah, start pumping now when you haven't put a pump on your boob. Like how about you pump? You right. want to pump and give my kid milk? Happen though. Oh, I mean, cause sometimes God. that is the only way to, share the custody you know like i feel like i'd be so mad i'd be writing letters I mean, to judge. i just be. got mastitis because i got my pump went bad like, yeah. can you fix this for me or pay my doctor's bill right. i know that's irrational too but that's irritating yeah i think there. frankly yeah there has to be a bit of a balance right because you know even for dads right they always mm-hmm. say well the whole like i go you know you gotta ride this out for a little yeah. bit to a point where there's a developmental age where you can right. start expanding on that parenting time right. especially if you've been some of the, my, you know, dads, or it doesn't even have to be a dad. It can be a mom who's been out on the yeah. scene. I've seen that as well uh, for a year or two. And they're like, well, I want to get back to 50% tomorrow. And I go, well, where have you been for the last two years? And I go, you're going to have to graduate this. So that's about that setting the expectation with the client. Now, we can make any argument we want to the judge, but I believe in making a more sound argument than just mm-hmm. saying, well, they want 50% judge. So <laughs> let's do it. Let's just roll the yeah. dice in front of you. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that makes good advocacy No. overall, but going to going back to your question about, you know, the social sciences are being pushed, you know, when they do this, the statutes and all that. I mean, there's, you know, these judicial bench books, family law bench books that the judges use, use as well. And we have them because we want to okay. obviously emulate, you know, the data that they have totally when we're advocating and going under those types of, you know, cases are unique. They're like snowflakes have different densities, sizes, and patterns. Mm -hmm. So one doesn't fit like the other sometimes, but we can kind of get some patterns figured out. That's really interesting. Yeah. It's a tough thing to navigate, especially on the legal side. And I think like maybe the, the point blank is out there is to, you know, make sure that you're, you're getting help. And so is that, tell me, you spoke a little bit in the beginning, like you didn't call it legal aid, but like, what if someone is facing a divorce and like seriously cannot afford an attorney? Absolutely. So a couple Mm -hmm. options there. The volunteer attorney program is up here that is ran by Central Minnesota Legal Services. That is one legal aid organization just back over here, you know, one or two blocks, Mm -hmm. uh, right? So next to the Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, right. The okay. Starbucks that next like Central yeah. Minnesota Legal Services. Legal Services. The other organization is Mid Minnesota Legal Aid. Okay. So they're technically two separate entities. Okay. And I worked at CMLS. Okay. So they were federally funded. So that was our funding source. 
MMLA, I can't speak for them, uh, for Anna Kofel. She runs that program, I believe, still. But they were funded a little bit differently okay. there. So usually you have to do an intake and go through that process. Yeah. You have to be financially eligible. So you got to be at least at 225% federal poverty guideline for yep. your household size. Then they have to take they can take reductions, but you have to get to 125% federal poverty guideline. Okay. So it's a very low number. Yeah, for um, sure. So even if you're working a $20 an hour job, you're probably going to get booted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to then, the option is to either represent yourself, which I don't think is a good idea right. for many reasons. Surgeons don't do their own surgery and you are your worst client and you can't see your shadows or dark spots. Yeah. That's why you need right. someone independent to really point that out to you and be, you know, I'm not your friend, but I'm here to advocate for you and put your case in your best position. Now, if you don't have that, then you got to just find an attorney who's willing to work within your means, right? You know, our office, I mean, the problem is, and I'll just be just very blunt, the demand is high. The resources are low for family law attorneys. I was talking with a couple of attorneys and I just literally said, hey, you know, who in the Stearns, Benin, Sherburn, Wright area do we have that's practicing at least a third of book of business that's family Mm -hmm. law? There's people who dabble in family law. Mm Mm-hmm. You want to vet your attorney before you meet with them, right? Go to their website, see what their experience is. You know, you want to make sure that's the case because if you have someone who dabbles in that, it's not going to be good. And I've seen that happen where I've talked to opposing counsel and I'm like, this person does not know what's even going on. So that's very bad. So (laughs) that's very bad. So I would probably say, you know, then, you know, that's the problem with, you know, working with retainers, right? You know, if we're charging, Mm -hmm. you know, $4,000 retainers, what do we do at that point? Right. Can we do a payment plan? Do you have a job? Do we have ability to know, you know, if your objective is the, you know, go the trial and then I go, well, they'll ask me how much does this cost? If we go the trial, I go, you got a checkbook. Yeah. We'll write the check out every month because, I mean, it could be tens of thousands of dollars right. at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would probably Scary. say a, a court is of last resort. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to tell you in my consult. That is the judge who will tell you that at your initial scheduling conference. They'll say, I'm not here. I'm a judge. I make decisions. That is what I'm elected to do here. But I don't want to make that decision at your family table. Because whatever I write, I get to send it to you and I get to go home and you have to live with that decision. You can appeal it, spend tens of thousands of dollars doing that or going back and, you know, a year later and trying to undo this. So with that is trying to head to mediation first to try to offset some of those costs there. But the problem is, you know, we get some clients, you know, that we're willing to be more amenable on payment plans or we spend through it and then we're on the back half, right? Part of our retainer agreement is, hey, you have to be financially, you know, sound sound for the Mm -hmm. case. You know, if you're all of a sudden, you know, $5,000 deep and you haven't made me a payment plan, I'm gonna have a very stern conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, I say, hey, like you have trial coming up. Like this is gonna be X thousand and you're already this behind. And I'm a bleeding heart, right? That's Uh, so hard, I am the same I'm a bleeding heart, especially for some of my clients. And I really wanna, you know, do them the best job possible here because I know that I've got them this far and I hate to see them at the finish line or they have a much bigger hill to climb, you know, here pretty quickly. So, um, you know, it's developing that relationship. I think it's also understanding, you know, if you get to payment plans with certain attorneys that you follow that because- Uh, yeah. You don't mess around with that. Yeah, you I just, would not mess around with that. Right. You know, and we have a business too, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny, mm-hmm. you know, it's like if you go to Red Lobster, right? You have a $60 meal, you eat it, right? You pay it at the end. Yeah. It's attorneys, it's like, you yeah. can pay us like tomorrow, the next day, right? No, it's like, we're the last thing on your list, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's unfortunate, but I mean, it's, it's a part of the business model, yeah. right? You know, it's, there's not any other way to do it because billing by the hour, by the 
point one by six minutes is the been the bread holder since you know Forever. dawn of time. Yep. Uh, there isn't a way to really give a value based uh, plan on that because you can't really provide that value based experience. I would say uh, like a widget. I would say <laughs> you know it's like hey you can buy this. It's three bucks. It's like this is a much more profound experience yeah, and, and service. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you never know where it's going to twist or turn. And we so. have you know support staff and you know we're. I think we're a comparable size firm. Like we, we don't have marble and you know, all that fancy stuff. Right. And we have a reasonable support staff, right. Cause sometimes you are paying for that because people have bottom lines, right. Totally. You want to be downtown and you want to have a two level building and a bunch of square footage and you know, all these support staff people in place. Well, you know, we gotta, we gotta cover our bases too as well. Insurances and such. Do you give bougie drinks out? You know, that's the thing I, I was going to mention here. You know, uh, Baby's on Broadway here. When I first came here, I was surprisingly amazed by the amount of different drinks and also non-alcoholic drinks here too. Sorry, now it's going to like ring everywhere. That's okay. Uh, no, so we have just regular Coke products, so it's not as cool. <laughs> Could you get Heller and Zion up on this? That's really funny. But I love that Alex appreciates this because sometimes I think people don't care. I really spent a lot of time into curating non-alcoholic beverages that are fun for moms because like they don't get to drink for you know but I love that dads enjoy them too or whoever whatever support partner Mm -hmm. um but you know I just like I thought that was a fun idea because it's like come in have a little mocktail you know I even got some non-alcoholic beers if people like I'm craving a beer you can have it Mm -hmm. I love that you appreciate that yeah so we we don't have that level but I, I I'm always I'm always amazed by it though when I walk back I'm like oh which one do I want now? Do I want the lollipop? I, I just love There's real that. love put into the selection. There was. And mm-hmm. I, like, actually nobody really appreciates it. And I'll just be blatantly honest with you. Remember, it, like, the first, like, staff in the beginning too was so annoyed, like, drink box after drink box. I'm like, look at this one, look at this one, look at this one. But now we have people that'll actually, like, message me and be like, how can I buy these? And I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> like, I don't know. No, I don't sell them, but... I maybe should start. I don't, I don't know. But anyways, well, I think this information is super valuable to parents out there navigating or beginning to navigate. He's flipping his paper over there. Yeah, no, yeah, I, just, you, yeah, I haven't you, been counting yeah. our time yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So at that half hour yeah. uh, point. So I think yeah, one thing that me, I, yeah. I, I want to just kind of conclude to yeah. a certain degree, uh, just for myself, um, is, you know, there's five big things that you have to think about during your case. Okay. Time, money, risk, headache heartache. Mm. So there are the five thing, five big things. Time. This is not a fly by night operation, right? You're not going to get divorced tomorrow, a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, especially you want to go to trial, depending (laughs) on what County you're in, you're looking at a year probably. And then you're probably looking also you're scheduled with other cases with a judge. Mm -hmm. So if they have a criminal case in front of you, guess who's getting bumped? Yeah. Yeah. Your case. Mm -hmm. So you could be talking by the time you get to your case. And if you're a one day versus a two day trial or you have multiple days, uh, say a one day trial, you go there, the judge has up to 90 days after that to provide an order. Or if you have a multi-day trial, you could have a date, let's say January 15th this year. Second day, it's going to be April 15th of this year. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. When you talk about trials, like, do people, like, bring in, like, witnesses and stuff? Is this, like, Sometimes, a mini right? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a thing. Yep, subpoena. You get the subpoena witnesses, documents mm-hmm. to come and, you know, uh, testify from. Uh, you know, we're not obviously bringing every, you know, aunt uncle Lynn saying you're such a great gal or a great guy right we're not doing that we really want to profoundly tell the judge firsthand of experience other people watching you parent or your rearing of a child 
Mm-hmm. Right. So that's where we're kind of going after that and finding those type of people. Cause we don't let character evidence in saying, you know, they're such a great person. Right. And it doesn't, what does that really do? Like the exactly. judge already knows like, you're calling, they're not biased. You're already calling, you're already calling this person because it's your uncle. What else are they going to say? Yeah. Exactly. So we, we don't want to get into that kind of litigation tactic and it's not good for your time or money no. to do that. So we want to find, you know, we're looking at usually guess who has the best information about this case? The parents. Yeah, for sure. So they're our star witness. And so we're working on that and then other people around that. For the money part, right, I'm an expensive friend. I'm a good time to have, you know, a, a cocktail with, right, yeah. or a non-alcoholic beverage. I enjoy you this way better. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't get less expensive yeah. as we go, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like going to the grocery mm-hmm. store. You want to make this argument, you got to buy the pop. You want to make this argument, you got to buy the steak. You go check out, you go, God, this is really expensive. I say, well, you got to concede on some things and put, you know, the steak back. You got to put the pot back and make this more quantitatively make sense for you. The risk. Right. You may have very little risk or you may have a lot of risk or you have to make hard choices to avoid a further negative consequence of that. So if one parent says you get zero parenting time, well, you have nothing to lose because, you know, the presumptive minimum is 25 percent. If you're the other parent asking for only 50 percent and that's all you're going to do and you're going to die on the hill. Well, the other side has nothing to lose when they go to the trial. So we have to make those concessions there or risk or ugly facts because you're not going to go to the trial and say, well, you're such a great gal, <laughs> No, you know, or like, oh, he's such a great guy, right? Like, no, it's a mudslinging contest. And I try to damper that as much down as I can. The headache and heartache, right? Right. There's nothing that's going to make you relieved about this, right? No, it's never going not. to fill the void. It's never going to get your good years back. But what I always tell all my clients, you can at least say one or multiple things happen during this relationship are good as your children. Yeah. And that's 100%. the biggest focus that I would say there. Also, I pride myself in making sure I walk at the same pace as my client, right? I'm a teacher, not just an attorney, right? If I'm, you know, at the finish line at the race and you're not even in the blocks, how are you supposed to make knowing and voluntary decisions throughout mm-hmm. your case to know? And I don't hide the ball. I am very transparent. My clients love it. And some of my clients really hate it because yeah. I just a straight shooter. I just say, listen, you know, I talked to the judge. They're not, they're not feeling that, that argument. You're probably not going to do very well with it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's get to the drawing board again and try to work something out. And they'll see my descriptive notes and I put it in there. I'm not lying about it because that's how I build rapport with my client and trust with my client yeah and just kind of finally focus in the fuss divorces custody anything related to children or just family law in general it's a messy and fussy time yeah so you have to focus because the other parents can get under your skin and they know mm-hmm. how to yeah mm-hmm. and you it's know like how they best do skill yeah, Absolutely. I'll get text messages up to here. They're like, please review this. And I'm like, can you just get it down to the main points that you want me to review? Because I'm going to charge you for all that time to review this. And they don't like it's that either. It's five pages long. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 25 maybe. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. you know, a whole like 150. I mean, I've seen, I've seen oh, gosh, three, 400 pages worth. <sighs> yeah. They want me to show I me their whole life. It. And I say, I don't think the judge really cares. And about that, just pinpoint those pieces so we can use that to advocate for sure. you. And then just... My final point here, just to plug in Heller and Thine, and again, babies on Broadway, of course, as well uh, there. So Heller and Thine, we've been here since, I believe, the early 1990s. Steve Heller is the originator of it, and then Rob Thine came on, and Steve is doing, like I said, personal injury and bankruptcy. Rob Thine is doing bankruptcy himself exclusively. We have Justin Brolic, who's our criminal defense attorney. 
And then we have myself, Jessica Mickelson, and Brian Johnson. I'm excited to announce him. He just came on board last week because we have a need for a family law attorney to come on board. We all do family law, just does including landlord-tenant items. And then Brian is going to bring in, I think, simple wills, healthcare directives, some of those things that you know make us sound, you know, end of life planning and mm-hmm. it's not fun to talk about that but it's really important for your kids so you don't leave them with a mess at the back half of that well yeah and i think it's important during that divorce time too because if you are going down to like a one parent situation like you have to have that kind of planned out like what does that look like if something happens to the one you mm-hmm. know so that's mm-hmm. kind of a scary thought too there's a jingle isn't there Halloran jingle yes there is a jingle it like uh, comes in my head but it's not quite there yeah i don't know if we have a jingle recently i know steve does the marketing and whatnot. And then we had JR, who is our like rock and roll attorney yeah. there. Um, so I, I don't know what it is currently, but um, just the, like a jingle. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about jingles there, but if you want to give us a call for a consultation for any of those areas, and even if it's not our area, I'm going to find you someone. Yeah. I, I used to be the, well, I'm still on the board of directors for Stern Spend and Bar Association. So I know all 200 attorneys. So I'm going to wow. find you. I can find you where you get to go, where yeah. you're going to go uh, there. So give us a call at 320-654-8000 uh, there so we can do an initial consultation. Any of our support staff can assist with that and happy to have you scheduled. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate yeah. it. It was yeah. awesome yeah. and very valuable. Yeah. It definitely takes some of the, the fear out of like navigating that first part of the divorce and like making sure that, you know, advices get legal help sooner, probably the better if possible. Yeah. So. And this is my final point on doing yep. the initial consultation. Worst case scenario, you don't have to do anything with it, but you have the information. Yeah. And Knowledge if you never is power. Do, yeah. And if you don't do anything with it, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, if someone's at that initial stage, I'll say, you know, if you're not quite there yet, maybe I have a couple pointers that I'd say, start planning now if you're going to go through that. So, I mean, even if that, I mean, that advice is pretty crucial for yeah. most of your clients. And I think it takes down that anxiety, like when you literally can go into a situation and I tell people this all the time, just like literally armed with that knowledge, like you can say, okay, like these are the steps that are going to happen. And at least I know what there are because it takes down the trauma in it, like trauma of the unknown, you know, yes. and what's, because it is so unknown. So I think if you can just load yourself with that, you can get in a brain space that's less anxious. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, I super appreciate it. And thank you guys for tuning into the Rolling in the Deep podcast. As always, check us out on all of our social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and we are now on Apple Podcasts too. So make sure you check us out there and we will see you guys soon. See you later. See ya.